Hey guys, real quick before we get started, I just wanted to share the news for those of you that don't follow us on Facebook. Uh, Edgar is no longer with the Buddy Walk Ministry. No story to be had, nothing like that. God is just calling him in a different direction, down a different path. And so what you're going to be hearing this week is the first in a series of guest hosts that will be a part of the show. This episode was recorded live. It's taken from a weekly live stream that I do with Pastor Anthony Wilson. This was a crossover episode of sorts because we're continuing on the how-to series with how to not miss the Messiah. So the structure of this episode is going to be a little bit different, but going forward, I just want you guys to know that it's going to be the same idea as it has been. Kingdom intimacy through raw, vulnerable, intimate conversation among the saints. That will not be changing. So I just want to say thank you to all of you that continue to rock with us, for all of you that continue to pray for us. I just, I I ask that you continue to pray as we navigate this new chapter of the Buddy Walk ministry. So I'm going to take a moment to go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you for the last two and a half years. Father, it has been a very special experience and you know how much growth has been had during that time. Father, I pray that you bless the steps of Edgar as he goes forward, that great and mighty things will be done in your name. Father, I pray that you bless him, that you give him the wisdom to know what is next for him. Father, I pray that you give us the wisdom to know what is next for us, that you stay close to this ministry and that you give us the wisdom to put you first and foremost at the headship above everything else. Father, I pray that as we navigate these waters, that you are blessed and that your people are blessed through you, that your word is at the forefront of all of this. Father, I thank you that you are everything that you say that you are, that you are for us and with us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, enjoy the show. Uh, welcome back to uh, to the dynamic duo, uh, man. It's good to be back. We took we took a little bit of time off. Had a whole bunch of mess and nonsense happen over the last couple of weeks, but such as life, we're we're doing it again. We're back at it. Um, and this week, 
This week, I want to talk about a thing, right? This is something that has been presented to me in a couple of different forms, in a couple of different ways. Um, and, and so I am excited to discuss this. We've been going through um, the How To series on Buddy Walk, you know, doing the fundamentals, doing the baseline stuff, right? How to pray, how to salvation, how to have worship, all of that kind of stuff. And it dawned on me the necessity to discuss how to not miss the Messiah, as I've as I've called it. You know, there's so many different ways and man might, might i say real quick christians are a bunch that really like to label every little thing that they can possibly label are you a seven point this or are you a five point that oh, are you a... <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's every every i feel like every great thinker has an ist named after them are you a calvinist are you an arminianist are you a this or that like I it's it's a double-edged sword right because it's required me to really uh bone up on church history to understand where everybody's coming from but at the same token coming over the last couple of years and coming to this thing with a fresher set of eyes but stubborn in my sense of like okay no 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 I understand great there's there are thinkers, there are theologians, there are authors, there are people that I can appreciate where they come from. But ultimately, catch this, here's the gimmick. I choose to take my teachings directly from the source material right. and not base my <laughs> teachings off of some other thinker, some other theologian, whatever, and name whatever my my thought process is after them that just doesn't seems like you're you're kind of again you're missing the point if something is taking precedence over the gospel you know right i mean calvin wasn't a calvinist <laughs> you know luther wasn't a lutheran you know i mean yep. these people weren't you know trying to create an ism because isms create isms right you know yep. this is one of those soapbox issues and i know i don't want to get our topic sidetracked but i think me and you can go on for days talking about all of these isms that people create and then they follow and then they interpret scripture through these isms instead of letting the scripture speak for itself i'd rather right. go to the word of god and see what it says and then say okay this is what the word's saying not well because of calvinism we have to interpret it this way or because of arminianism we have to interpret it this way no let's just interpret it based upon what it's saying let's let the bible speak for itself because so often man that that bugs me and you know i i posted a video a while back and i just went through a scripture and i just looked at what it said and i said this is what the scripture says Am I a Calvinist or an Arminian? <laughs> like, which right. one am I? Like, well, you're sure not a Calvinist. So I don't know if you're an Arminian. You know why? Because I'm just interpreting scripture. I'm not adding any flavor to it to, or I'm not branding it with one of these isms so that people will think, oh yeah, so you're on our side. No, I'm on the word side. I want to know what the Bible says, not what all these exactly. people are saying. 
Exactly. Exactly. And that's <laughs> that's really what it boils down to. Like, and that's it, it. Sounds like this is off piece from what it is that we're talking about. But I hear so often these different points of view taken up, especially from social media sandboxes. Like, okay, I just real quick. If you didn't know this, that don't mean you specific. But anybody watching this, if if you don't know this, I'm gonna. I, I just want to explain real quick how Facebook or how social media works. That echo chamber that you speak to on a daily basis is exactly that. It's an echo chamber, and it's a fraction of a fraction of a group of people. It's designed to make you think that you're speaking to a much wider audience than you actually are when you're barking to the same five people right. on social media. <laughs> and I hear these I hear Christians jump on and wanna wanna rail and wanna just get, you know, and, and they do it in the name of I am a ist i am a this i'm a calvin i'm this that or the other thing and we want to jump to these labels i you know i'm reformed and all of that kind of stuff we want to jump to these labels and like through all of that let me ask you what is it when was the last time that you've that you've lived out the great commission Right. You know, it's great that you've explained how you think and all of that kind of stuff. When was the last time that you lovingly came alongside somebody and explained to them the gospel message? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, like you said, you know, how do we not miss the Messiah? You know, at our church, at part of our declaration, the final phrase of our declaration is prepared to see Jesus when that day comes, you know, is that that's a part of this walk with with the Lord is being prepared to see him when that day comes. I think about the parable uh, of, of the virgins, the five, five foolish and five wise and how the foolish ones went to the wise ones and said, hey, can we get some of your oil? And it's like, right. wait a minute. Why aren't you preparing? Why aren't you ready? Why aren't you thinking about this before the time comes, right? They're like, you know what? I can't spare any oil. Now, people today would feel like that's mean. Why wouldn't they get, why wouldn't they share some of their oil? It's because you know what? I have to be ready so that I don't miss him. You have the same capability. You should be ready so that you don't miss him. And I don't know that we really take that. Uh, and, and I don't know if it's being selfish but I do, I, I do believe that it is being serious about knowing Christ and knowing that I'm in right standing with him. And so I'm focusing on keeping oil in my lantern. I have a, 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 an active relationship with him. I am actively uh, serving and, and, and leading others to know him. Uh, I'm actively uh, uh, living a life that lets my light so shine before men. That's like a it's not an afterthought. It's not something that I do in addition. It's actually how I live because I'm trying to keep that lantern full. And it's not that I believe that I'll, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to lose my salvation. But what I do believe is that I'm going to persevere to the end because it's those that persevere to the end that will be saved. 
It's those right. that are thinking that I don't have to do anything that you might not even be <laughs> a Christian. We don't even know if you really are one because there's no passion. You know, there's no hunger and thirst for righteousness. There's no desire to seek after his kingdom and his righteousness. You know, there's there's no desire for him. It's just I'm saved and I just go and I live my life. I don't know. Now, someone maybe right. get make might get mad at me. So one of those isms might have a problem with me saying that. And I get that. But I read when I read the scripture, it's constantly telling us persevere, hold on, don't let go, you know, grab a hold of this faith and endure to the end. And I believe that's what we should be doing. Yeah, yeah, it's when when the agenda of pushing whatever mode of thought, whatever mode of thought, I'm not. I mean this universally and straight across the board. I'm not poking fun or, or ripping any one particular group of people because you know what, man? I I did, oh, especially over 2020 and all of that kind of stuff, dude, I fell, I fell prey to pushing very specific aspects of the gospel. You know, so, so this is not something that I am free from. But if something outside of the gospel message is taking precedence, there's you're off peace. It's that simple. It's right. you know, and so getting getting into that, right? We live in a time where there's I don't know. I I I don't keep track all of the post modern, post truth, post Christian, post common sense, post <laughs> we need to stop labeling things. <laughs> um, you know, society, but we live in this time where we have the world at our fingertips as far as information, as far as regurgitation, as far as different takes, all of that kind of stuff, right? And we live in a time where that the the doors are flung open for these different takes to be presented as truth these different versions of truth these different summaries you know what i mean like if i don't like what this guy's teaching over here i can go over here and listen to what this dude's teaching or i can cherry pick what i'm listening to or i can cherry pick what regurgitation of the scripture that we're taking now mind you that doesn't necessarily mean that you're only listening i think a lot of times that gets stated as bad teaching i'm listening to this bad teacher or that bad teacher it can all be truth-based stuff too it doesn't have to just be bad. And so I think we're seeing two extremes here. We're, we're hearing the people that are taking cherry-picked aspects of the gospel and presenting them as truth. But also, we're, take, we're hearing from people that are taking their own spin on what is truth they meaning people that want to you know no you need to know truth you need to know all of these things and this has to be exactly like this and you have to think exactly like this and this has to be okay there's a time and a place to go deep go i think that i think everybody 
could stand to go deep into the scriptures and understand hermeneutics and understand the 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 time period and uh, that this was being written in and the people and all of these things i think that's all wonderful stuff but if we are missing the people for preaching what we think is most important of it all then we've we've missed the point yeah yeah i i think at the end of the day how do we take you know uh this in-depth knowledge and make it um available uh to people who are average uh pew sitters and members of churches you know one of my one of my struggles is you know um is that when we when we talk about things like hermeneutics and exegesis is that a person says well what is that and breaking that down to say you know what here's what that is in a simpler form right. because if you don't know these things you are going to listen to someone speak and they're going to say that they're preaching the word but be, but you don't know that it's out of context you don't know that they're manipulating the text for their own personal agenda. You don't know that they're not preaching the word. They're using the word to preach something that they want to preach. And that's not preaching or teaching. That is a speech. And right. you're taking clips from the word to enhance your speech and to make it sound more Christian. But really, it's just a speech. And when you hear really good speakers uh, speak, they'll use quotes from Buddhism, from Christianity, from Confucianism. They'll they'll use quotes from all kinds of just to make their point. But when we're talking about the Bible, the Bible is supposed to speak for itself. And our job is to dig in and say, OK, how do I make this understandable? To the average person because a lot of this stuff is over their head and so when like you said when you start hearing all these isms being thrown out dispensationalism you know five point calvinism and this you know and it's like i don't know what you're talking about you know i just want to know what the bible says and those are the people that i think you and i want to reach out to we want to, if you want to know what the bible says let's open it up let's talk about that let's see what that ask your questions you know right. i wish people would ask more questions I think one of the greatest drawbacks, and I was talking to somebody about this a couple of days ago, is that people don't ask questions. They hear people speak and they just take it and I'm like, okay, that's what it means. Wait a minute. Can I ask a question? <laughs> you know, questions might be the most powerful thing on earth because a question right. will lead you to the answer. If I just give you answers, how do I know that they're right? Unless I question right. them. Right. And we, I think... As Christians, I think we all need to be a little bit more open to this whole idea of people asking questions. <laughs> and people, you know, I, I'm taken to the uh, I'm, t I'm taken to the little kid, right? These these kids that that find God, and they might find God in a way that isn't like in exactly to a T. You know, they don't have all of the scriptural parts and this and that. They don't they don't have everything down pat. What they have is a desire 
to follow Jesus. Yes. <laughs> you translate that mentality to people that have lived 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years walking without God, right? These these people that have been to hell and back, and they just need something to keep going forward. They just have a desire to walk with Jesus. Again, there's always a time to understand the what's and the why's and that goes back to the asking the questions if you don't understand something ask the questions know what you believe and why you believe it that's a beautiful thing there is beauty in understanding that but at the same token as teachers as those of us that stand and preach this thing we need to be aware of the approach that we have with people and the stance that we have with people and all of those kinds of things because i you know i i grew up in the 90s right the era of hellfire and brimstone <laughs> you know what i mean like a, a whole lot of you're going to hell if you're going to burn if get your fire insurance now sort of approach but if all we're doing is railing on people about truth and about ritual and about keeping the law and all of those kinds of things then what difference is it between that and and where we're at today yeah yeah i i, I agree because at the end of the day and i said this to somebody and they kind of just looked at me like a deer in the headlights i said uh, go through the book of acts and show me one place, you know, where they preached heaven or hell. They didn't preach heaven or hell. They preached that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what we're supposed to be preaching. The kingdom, right? The kingdom of God has come in the form of his son, who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, that the father placed him as the conquering king. And one day, all of the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. That's the promise. And so we preach Jesus. We preach salvation in him because what did Peter say? There is no other name under heaven by which man may be saved. And so getting people, like you said, who just want to know Jesus, they want to know, they want to know Jesus to say, okay, so what do I need to do? You don't, you need to believe with all of your heart, like the eunuch. Uh, when Philip went and he ministered to the eunuch who was, you know, riding along, reading the scroll of Isaiah. And Philip says, hey, what are you reading? He says, I'm reading about this person. I don't know if he's talking about himself or is he talking about somebody else? And Philip says, I know who he's talking about. <laughs> he's right. talking about Jesus. He's the one. He's like, well, where do I be baptized? He said, well, do you believe with your whole heart? He said, I do. Well, let's go. Let's do this. You know, and giving people an opportunity to believe instead of bogging you know just bogging them down with all of this theological jargon you know right. for, for some of us that stuff is really good like you know i, I want to know about the, the nephilim and the you know all you know but for other people like oh, i'm just trying to figure out who jesus is right then that's there's a lot of material let's talk about who jesus is you can get to that other stuff later on if you want to get into that, but you don't even need that stuff to meet Jesus when that day comes. You just need to know who he is. He's the key. 
Now, do I need to know the background of the Old Testament? Yeah, I need to know that. Do I need to know a second temple Judaism? Yeah, that's, that's some important stuff. But at the end of the day, if I don't know Jesus, then I don't have anything. Right. And to take that one step further, <laughs> when you when you are introducing somebody to Jesus, you know, it puts it, it gives an interesting perspective for me because I did I could literally point to all of the things, all of the things that you can have and not have God. <laughs> I'm not sure everybody quite understands to what extent you can have everything that looks like a Christian. You can pass you could you could pass anybody's sniff test and not have God. And the problem is, is some people don't understand that they don't necessarily have God because it's all about the rules. It's all about the regs. It's all about the procedures. And what happened to me when I found Jesus for the first time was that somebody had to humble themselves and say, look, I get paid to be in front of you guys. I'm the one that's leading you guys. And look, catch this. I still doubt that was enough for me to soften my heart and to hear the gospel for the first time and to be able to take in what this person had to say. And, you know, when we present Jesus to somebody, when we present the gospel message, what is the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God? And... When we present that to somebody ha that has a tendency to be most effective when we are doing so in an act of love, coming alongside somebody, walking with them hand in hand, doing life with that person and presenting it to them in that way. That's why I don't agree with this either or sort of mentality as far as words or actions when it comes to presenting the gospel. No, no. There's a time for using words. There's a time for action. It's a yes and sort of situation. So if you are a teacher and you are teaching the personhood of Jesus and you are and you are teaching all of these things, even if it's to your friend, you're not standing in front of a, a of a congregation. You're teaching it to somebody else. Yes, absolutely. Have a firm foundational understanding of what Jesus is, who Jesus is, what God is, what God, you know, all of those things. Yes, absolutely. But that person that you are talking to, it is not your responsibility to fire hose information at them and preach at them and make sure that they understand every single solitary piece of every part of the law and the gospel and all of that kind of stuff. What is your responsibility? Your responsibility is to shut up and love on somebody. That is your responsibility. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I've had that discussion multiple times, you know, because I think the quote that people were throwing around for a while was the quote from, uh, Francis of Assisi's, you know, preach the gospel and if need be, use words. And right. I remember that became very, very popular. And I remember looking at it and saying, well, why does it have to be if need be? Why can't it be both and? Why can't you love on people 
And as they have questions, answer those questions. Because at the end of the day, I feel like if you're really living for God and you're really, you know, uh, lifting up Jesus, that people are going to want to know, well, why do you believe this? Then you have your opportunity to share the gospel message through their question. Because when someone asks you a question, they are prepared to receive the answer. You're, when you're trying to, you know, preach at somebody, they're not always ready to receive the answer, right? They're not always ready to hear you. But when someone opens up and says, well, hey, you know, uh, what church do you go to? You know, uh, well, I they might say to you, well, I don't believe in God the way other people do. Right. What do you think about that? Oh, these are there. These are opportunities for us to now have dialogue. And I think we we have in our mind, you know, this uh, stereotypical guy standing on a street corner with a bullhorn or a big sign talking about turn or burn. Right. <laughs> that's what that's what we have in our mind when we hear preach. Right. Right. But preaching is just a persuasive, a persuasive conversation. And you can't persuade anyone who's not asking a question. They're asking a question because they want you to. All right. Persuade me like uh, Agrippa. He said, Paul, you almost got me. <laughs> yeah. You almost persuaded me to be a Christian. You almost got me. And, and what what is he saying? He's saying, man, you know, I asked you some questions and you started answering them and that got me going. And so yeah. are we really in a position to answer questions, even in the in, in your you're in you're into marketing and things like that? What are people marketing? They're marketing things that people want. You know, it's supply and demand. And so somebody's got to want this product, right, for you to right. get it to them, you know. And if a person wants to know, if they open up and they ask the question, then us as believers have to always be ready to give an answer of the hope that is in us with humbleness and fear, right. reverence, uh, because this person, this is this for them is eternal life. And we want each person to have it because that's what God wants them to have. Right. So um, April is in the chat, and she said a couple of things that I want to highlight here. She said, seed planting does not require a fire hose. Hashtag just saying. <laughs> um, she also posed a very interesting question. It's a balance. The sanctification process. Preaching is for proper discipleship. Jesus is our Savior and Lord. How do we preach slash teach to all levels of relationship, new and seasoned alike. It's good. It's good. I'll let you go ahead and jump off on that one. Yeah, I think that's a great, a great question. And <clears throat> it's something that, you know, we learn to do. See, I believe that we have to be students of the people that we are ministering to. Right. We don't come into this. I know everything <laughs> come to me to have, all, I have all the answers to all the questions. No, sometimes to meet a person where they are is the power of asking the right questions. What is it that they want to know? Where did they start from? How, what is their background? This is why I'm not a big fan of get a bullhorn and just start yelling scriptures at people <laughs> because I, I don't feel like you can make a connection. I really want to make a connection with people because uh, uh, through the relational peace, the, the disciples that were following Jesus, 
they spent 24 hours a day, seven days a week with Jesus for three and a half years. That's why when Jesus left, these guys were ready, right? Because they built a firm relationship with him. They knew and they understood him. They asked questions of him. Hey, Jesus, why do you speak in parables? Oh, well, let me explain it to you, you know? And so a, a person, you know, when you're trying to disciple people, whether you're you're preaching from a pulpit or teaching in a small group or a Bible study or having a one on one conversation with someone, be a student. You know, I, I call it exegeting the culture, exegete the person. I want to unpack who they are because then I can understand how to answer their question. I'll give you one example. There was a young lady uh, when I was working in the high school who came to me and he said, you know, she said, hey, I heard you're a pastor. I said, yeah, I'm a pastor. <laughs> you know, it's not something I broadcast, but yes, I'm a pastor. And she said, well, um, God doesn't love me. And I said, what do you mean? What do you mean God doesn't love you? Well, a lady told me because I don't believe in God because I'm an atheist that God doesn't love me. And I've known this, this young lady for a while working in the school. And I said, well, that's not true. And I wish that lady was here because I would tell her in front of you that that's not true. And because I know this young lady, I was able to give her this example. I said, have you ever uh, have you ever liked a boy that doesn't know that you like him? And she kind of laughed and she said, well, yeah. And I was like, well, by that laugh, there must be somebody you like right now that doesn't know that you like them. And she said, yeah, kind of. And I said, well, does that mean that you don't like them because they don't know that you like them? She says, no. Does that mean you like them any less because they don't know? that you like them. No, I said, that's the way it is with God. Just because you don't believe doesn't mean he loves you any less. His love is still there because he loves us before we come to him. That's why he sent his son in advance. He did that before you believed because that's what you're going to believe on in order to be saved. We're not talking about saved. We're talking about his love for you. And so I'm able to talk to her at that level a 16, 17 year old girl, I talked to her like a 16, 17 year old girl. She likes boys, things like dating. These are things, but you gotta, you gotta take time to learn people. And it takes loving on people to learn people because if you don't love people, you don't have time or patience to learn them. Right. Doing all of the, uh, the fellowship type stuff that I've been doing over the last couple of months has taught me a lot about cooperating with other people and i'm finding more and more that approaching these different people i would i would speak to you different than i would speak to one of the other hosts on kingdom on the road that i would speak to somebody else like how you how you approach somebody is very contingent on that person but if you're not willing to take the time to understand who that person is yeah. and you want to just one size fits all this whole thing yeah. and rail first and yell from the rooftops about <laughs> how we all just need to know our Bibles better and all of that. Yeah. You know what? Take the time to read scripture. That's not the bad. That's not the point. That's not, that is good stuff. And I'm not at any point saying that that's not good stuff, but at the same token, if we're talking people that don't, that people that need ministering to that's an interpersonal sort of thing yeah. and that 
to me, makes sense and jives with the fact that we serve a relational God. Mm. God is a God of relationship, and the, there's always there's this sense of plurality, right? When we are when we talk about this mission that we have, it's pushing forward the kingdom, it's advancing the kingdom, it's ministering to people, it's going out and making disciples, it's more and multiplying. But at the same token, it's a relationship. It's all in the name of a relationship that is unique and one-on-one. That speaks to how good God is. That God is an individual God amongst an entire kingdom of people. Amen. And so we can we can approach this from that mentality of, you know... I really do fundamentally believe that any form of legalism, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ruffle some feathers when I say this, any form of legalism or legalistic approach is born out of a place of I want you to think like me. It's more about my stance on this thing and what I believe to be true about this thing than it is for caring about the people. And so when we are ministering the word, when we are ministering to people, when we are advancing the kingdom, it has to be out of a place of love. That's gospel. And the thing that we need to remember about that is speaking truth is not the same thing as acting in love. Speaking truth isn't necessarily an act of love. And I think sometimes those two get conflated with one another because that's a means of justification. If I can prove that my that what I'm doing is an act of love, then suddenly that justifies what I'm doing because I'm called to go out and act in love. I'm called to go out and, and perform acts of love. And if I can show that the that me railing people with the truth is an act of love, then suddenly I'm justified in railing against people. Yeah. I I think I would, I would um, tweak the word truth. I would trade the word truth for knowledge because I think, you know, scripture says that knowledge puffs up. right? Right. And so if I take all of my theological knowledge and like you said, just, beat people down with it, overwhelm people with all of this knowledge that I have, right? Then, uh, like you said, I'm I'm not winning their heart. The Bible says that love edifies, love builds people up, whereas knowledge builds you up. (laughs) And I feel like that's what you're saying, is that when I just fill myself with all this knowledge, with all this stuff, all I'm doing is pumping myself up, puffing myself up, whereas love builds the other person up love is about lifting others out of you know wherever they are building them up because you know the bible's clear that we speak the truth in love right and so that word truth literally means god's reality not just our knowledge because sometimes our knowledge and god's reality are two separate things you know i think about when jesus you know sent the um disciples out two by two and i I love this because what we're talking about right now, I think when you use the term legalism, this is what came to my mind. When they went to those houses, he said, eat whatever they offer you. Now, if I'm being 
legalistic, if I'm following the code, right, to the letter, they can't eat whatever this person offers them. They're going to have to turn down some of these things because what if it's not on on the menu of the code? But Jesus said, look, whatever they offer you, eat it, go into their house, pray for their sick and preach the kingdom of God. And what is he saying? He's saying it's more important to save their soul than to hold to this strong, you know, we don't do this and we don't do that. That's led to me thinking about Peter's dream in Acts chapter 10, right? right. <laughs> Peter was arguing with God. He's like, I don't eat that stuff. I don't, Peter, now look, son, don't call unclean what I call clean. You're not getting the, you're not getting the message, Peter. You're not understanding what I'm saying here. You know, you're getting ready to reach some Gentiles and I don't want you to uh, be biased towards them. I want you to be able to reach them with the gospel because I'm getting ready to pour out my spirit on them. And they're going to have the same gift that you have, even though they don't live the way that you live. I'm going to show you that I love my love is for everyone. And so, you know, when we're rigid to wait a minute. Well, since that person's offering me this, I can't preach the gospel to them. Oh, no. Oh, no. You better get rid of that because God is not willing for anyone to perish. But all he desires for all to be saved. And that should be our heart as well. Yeah. Um, April sounded off in the chat. It's very <laughs> difficult to communicate relationship over the airways as broadcasters, podcasters, radio hosts, etc. Only by God's grace. As Amen. teachers, preachers, evangelists, leaders, etc. There's a point we must step out into the overflow of the spirit operating in us. But we do indeed study the word to prove ourselves able to handle it properly. Again, a balance, not by passing judgment, but by his grace and his overflow in us. Oh, April. I yes. just, yes. If I had a, if I had a sound effect, I would, I would. Right. Be doing we don't got a horn like, or something. <laughs> right. For real. Like that is one of the most troublesome things that I have found as a digital evangelist i'll call it where we we sit here and we get on our platforms and we we record audio we record video we go live we do these things and for those of us that get the gimmick that this is all about relationship yeah that this is all about god not wanting to see any parish i was just in uh, i'm i'm in um numbers right now and I'm one of those people I would just kind of skim through numbers thinking that, oh, it's just the rules and the regs and the numbers and all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But huh, when you stop and you go slow, yes. dude, there's some things. Like, and, and this is, this is, it stood out to me that even in numbers, we are seeing the heart of God displayed that none shall perish. Yes. If anybody's with you guys, if anybody takes the, takes up these vows, that's inclusivity. That's not just saying, "Oh, we're you guys are you guys are." It's just you guys, nobody else, just you guys. And when we see these things displayed, it is so difficult in in digital means to communicate these things because you know these things are meant to be done and displayed in community 
You know what I mean? Like, whether or not you fall on this side or that side or this argument and that argument and yada, yada, yada uh, over the last couple of years, it has the one thing I know to be true is that it has been highlighted, it has been showcased, it has been spotlighted. The fact that as Christians, we are called to be in community with one another. Now, now catch this. Now, I'm not saying that the end all be all is Sunday morning. I'm not saying that the absolute totality of this is coming together in congregation at your local church. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying community. I'm saying relationship. I'm saying life on life stuff. You know, yes, like April said, like you said, we need to be able to be educated in what the Bible says. Yes, we do need to know what scripture says. Yes, absolutely 100%. But at the end of the day, we are conveying what God has what God has given to us. We are giving we are showing others the grace of God, the love of God, relationship with God. This is passing along what has been given to us. That's the whole precipice behind love because you have been loved. And so if we are able to showcase that, then that goes a very long distance in displaying the love of God and that's hard to do in sound bites that's hard to do in even an hour long talk in a two hour long talk because there's always more to add on to that conversation because you're drawing from real life yes I could summarize the Ten Commandments in a nice buttoned up sermon yeah I can I can summarize the Beatitudes in a nice buttoned up sermon it's a lot harder to do that with real life stuff and real life application because get this. Yes, God is black and white. Yes, God says what he says, does what he does, has his character, and is unchanging. People are the shades of gray. People are where it gets messy. Yeah, I as you were talking, I started thinking about Acts chapter 2 and... Um, the conversations I've, I've had with people and, you know, because people pick sides, right. We're, 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 yeah. we're just, I don't know. We're just wired to pick a side, you know, and I'll talk to somebody about Acts chapter two and they'll say, well, look, see the people went from house to house and they broke bread together and, and they lived in community. And I'll say, but they were in the temple as well. Right. By day, worshiping and praising God together and devoted to the teaching of the apostles. They did both. You know, why aren't we doing both? Why are we Sunday morning only saints <laughs> versus I, I just want to gather in community, you know, on a Saturday evening or Friday night saints? Why aren't we? We come together on Sundays and then when we scatter from that place on Sundays, we are at each other's houses, growing and building a, 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 a fellowship and building community with one another so that we know each other's hurts and pains. And we're praying for each other specifically. You know, we're we're fellowshipping. Our kids are growing up, knowing each other. We live in this world 
that when we break from Sunday morning, we go to our, our, our neutral corners and we go to scatter to our own little cubby holes and we live our life and, and we rarely even see the people that we're supposed to be in community with. As a matter of fact, we have a stronger community outside of the community we're called into because we see those people more often. Most people treat the people at church like some of the people that, at work, like that's work people, that's church people. These are the people that I want to be around over here, <laughs> you know, and if we're all going to see Jesus together, we're all on our way to glory. If we're all on this mission together, when you look at the book of Acts, they work together as a team yep. to create an unstoppable movement that changed the faith, the face of religion forever, that that the way people were worshiping, it changed when the Christians came to town. As a matter of fact, I think it was Acts 16 or 17, where they said, oh, the men that turned the world upside down just showed up in our in our, in our city. They're here. You know, we don't we don't get that today as Christians because Christians are. I went to church on Sunday. That's all the Christianity that I'm going to portray all week. The rest of the week, I'm a network marketer or I'm an associate or I'm a used car salesman or, you know, something else. I'm not a Christian anymore until next Sunday. Right. Right. I'll, so one of the biggest things that I that I love about when you and I get a chance to do this is you are you are a reference material person you are you you can you can present the gospel in such a way using scripture that is wonderful what i bring to this is life application yeah <laughs> so here's so 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 let me tell you guys a story real quick as far as you know trying to live out and apply the book of acts you know, you said that, and I'm like, oh, I can speak to that. <laughs> a couple of years ago, 2020 rolls around, and we're heading into, you know, January, February, March, and I'm just feeling this tug on from, from God, like, okay, get ready. Because you're about because you're about to be called into something. Now, mind you, I'm not sitting here saying I had some revelation about I had no idea what was coming down the pike. But what it was was the church that I was a part of shut down. Mm. You know, the 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 lead pastor left. He was kind of the guy. He was the the face of the church. He left and everybody else kind of gave up. And uh, there was a group of us that were meeting. We were kind of like a small group, but different. And we kept on meeting and, and you know, all of that kind of stuff. And during this time, I'm reading the book of Acts and it dawns on me like, why do we need the building? You know, we're going just like you said. You know, we're going to people's houses. We're we're doing the thing. Why do we Why do we need the temple? Okay. Well, the problem becomes if it's just about not the temple, then what other meat is on that bone? That's that's a very real question because it, because if it's if your whole mission statement is not the temple. That just speaks to where it is that you're collecting. You can collect in somebody's house right. for all I care. You can collect it. You can you can collect at the local bowling alley for all I care. That's not. <laughs> that that's so not the point, right? right? 
It's the collection of the Saints that's the point. It's everything else. And I I took it as this rallying cry against the formal Sunday morning service that that was the problem, that that was the issue, that that was the end-all, be-all. We need to be do away with Sunday morning and all of that kind of stuff. Well, this group, because there wasn't much of, much of a substance to it after that point, that it fell on its face. It fell in epic fashion on its face. And I prayed about clarity about what all of this means. If I thought I had this whole thing figured out, the beat on this whole house church thing and the whole book of Acts thing, then why did this fail? And then I realized, just as you said, in the book of Acts, what we see is the saints in unity on the same team working as a team to fulfill the needs of the commission. And that is when the kingdom is at strength. It's not about whether or not you collect on a Sunday morning. It's not, it's not about whether or not you collect as Lutherans or as Baptists, or I just had a conversation this morning with a Lutheran pastor um, that, that was incredibly enlightening because if you stop and you and and you you stop with the with the dividing lines and you just say christian to christian leader to leader man you realize that you can tell some of the same war stories yes <laughs> you know what i mean that you got that you experience some of the same exact things you know what i mean and and you it, it becomes this entirely new thing when you Stop trying to figure out where to divide and you start figuring out where to unite and whether or not you're a person who takes all of scripture and cherry picks and formulates your own theology around these different things and, and progressives and this and that. And we could sit here and literally rattle off for the next hour over next several hours all of the different forms and functions of what we're what we're talking about as far as cherry picking scripture and all that kind of stuff on the other side if you're a person that rails on people and hellfire and brimstone and now you just need the law we just need legalism we just need people to to know the gospel and all of that kind of stuff how are you loving on people what are you doing to minister to people what are you doing to then you're just a noisy gong that's all you are yeah yeah jesus said uh this new commandment i give you (laughs) to love one another the way that i loved you (laughs) he said and by this they will know that you are my disciples the love that you have one for another and when i think about that like you said when christians are at each other is that reflecting what Jesus said? Is that it, it, that that's the exact opposite, you know? And and I feel like with with a true Christian, the one area that we should all be able to uni- unify around is that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Where would I be without Him? Yep. We we may differ on styles of worship and liturgy and 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 uh and how we do things but the one thing (laughs) that we cannot differ on is that jesus christ 
is my Lord and my Savior. And if he's your Lord and your Savior, then we are family. Right. Yes. And, 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 and anybody who has family, some of your family does some things different than the family at your household. Right. Your cousins in Texas don't do things like your 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 family in Colorado or your cousins in Minnesota. Don't do things like your cousins on the East Coast or, your, you know, but that doesn't mean that you're not family because right. you're still bonded together by the same blood the same dna the same blood that was shed for you was shed for me right and so we are brothers in that and so like you said why am i let me hear what they have to say you know uh, how do they how do they interpret the trinity or how do they interpret you know uh, um how they interpret this particular passage maybe because if they interpret it right then we are on the same page <laughs> yeah no no, no. If they know who Jesus is and that's their Lord and Savior, then I'm going to embrace them and love them. Now, when we break down and have conversations, hopefully we can lovingly share our differences of opinion on certain things because maybe I'm wrong, you know, and you show me in scripture. I'm like, oh, OK, well, yeah, I was reading that wrong or maybe. But there has to be this one unifying thing. And that unifying thing is the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Yes, yes, exactly. And here's the thing, right? I'm going to say something that I think is, I think everybody watching this can relate with. All right. I think for a moment, we're all going to be on the same page. Family can be out of pocket sometimes. They can ah. act a fool sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And catch catch us. You've been the family member that's also been out of pocket at some point. <laughs> I'm just saying we've all been that family member that's been out of pocket. That's the deal, right? And like, but we're still we're still family. Like that's and that's hard for me because that whole that whole word family, that whole concept. That's that that comes with all of the worldly baggage that comes with that word. I'm one of those people that has a whole mess of baggage attached to that word. So it's hard for me for for that to fully set in of the fact that for me, it's not so much about railing against the people who are like the progressives and this and that. Those aren't the people that I necessarily target for me. I have a very hard time partnering with legalism with ritual and routine i have a very hard time partnering with that i'll be the first one to admit it that that is a very sore subject for me <laughs> and so i will go out of my way to pull back from those types of people but here's the thing if we pull back against somebody immediately we're pulling back the gospel yeah. whether we we're doing it consciously or subconsciously we're pulling back the gospel you know what I mean? I wanna I wanna highlight something that um, that April said in the chat again. What it would look for, or what it would look, f what it would, what would it look like for the entire body of Christ to flow together in full unity, working together all across the world. <laughs> oh, what a world. Uh, what what a it... wonderful <laughs> world. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, that's it. That's the gospel. You know what I mean? If we can get out of our own way wow. and present that, 
that's when the world changes. That's when the masses come to understand that, hey, maybe there is this thing. Because if you look at this, right, you look at all of the differences that those of us that are part of the kingdom have with one another, then logically speaking, none of this makes sense. Yeah. Logically speaking, none of this should make sense. But if we can get out of our own way and just come together under the guise of the cross, that changes everything. Yeah, yeah. I, and and uh, by her saying that, it kind of just reminds me of the dilemma that we're in with so much information, with yeah. so much you know, with so many people looking for, you know, what makes them comfortable in Christianity, you know, so many people looking for their convenience, you know, what is convenient for me in, in Christianity and, and, and so many people being so casual <laughs> about their Christianity that at yeah. the end of the day, it's like, you know, will we ever see that on this side of glory? You know, will we see that on this side of eternity? You know, because obviously, you know, Paul dealt with it in the Bible. He's calling for unity. You know, he's calling for leaders to equip the saints and edify the body and bring everyone into unity and maturity yeah. so that they're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. It was happening back then. Yeah. You know, John says the spirit of Antichrist was already there back then and that there's always this battle. I was talking to my daughter today and. He's like, why is it that, you know, the, the, the one belief system that is always under attack, every other belief system is okay. You can be a Muslim, you can be a Buddhist, you can be a Taoist, you can be a Confucianist, you can be an atheist, you can be, you can be anything else. And everybody say, yeah, that's great. You say you're a Christian, like, oh, um, hold on. Yeah. Oh, boy. Those people, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, my daughter, you know, was talking about, you know, sexuality and you can be any expression of sexuality except for abstinent. You say, well, I'm abstaining. Like, whoa, my goodness, you're brainwashed. They're, 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 you know, you you got to rail against the machine. You can't be held down by the patriarchy and all this, you know, because I want to abstain until I'm married. What's wrong with that? No, no, you, you're allowed to have your experience. It's like the Christian values are always under attack. And sometimes they're under attack from within Christianity. Right. Because people are saying, well, because they're on attack, we have to compromise them. We have to change them so that we're no longer under attack. <laughs> right. Yeah. But let's, let's, let's fix that. Let's not be under attack anymore. Let's say it's okay. You know, and at the end of the day, we stay divided because all of us have our pet peeves and our preferences and our ideas of what it looks like to be a Christian. Well, I'm one of those people that you, you can sit me in any room with any group of people and Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. If you want to have a discussion about the nuances of that, I will have that discussion with you. But I don't feel the need to say you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, unless you're doing it just like me. Right. Right? Because that sounds like self-righteousness to me. That sounds like pridefulness to me. That that sounds like my way or the highway. Is that really about Christ? Because I feel like he can reveal himself. And if 
it, and if that moment presents itself and we can have that conversation, then we can talk about that. But until then, I am not the morality police. I'm not running around. Wait a minute, Joe, you can't do that. You know, uh, you know, if if we're having a discussion, I'll put forth my point of view and you put forth your point of view and we'll see where we meet up. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's the name of the game, right? We are all individuals part of the same overarching kingdom and when we can figure that piece out when we you know yes we divide on parts where it's salvationary it's right like doctrinal like it's it's the core fundamentals you know what i mean that that part of it is the only spot where because we don't have it all figured out and we don't realize what we don't know the old right. saying goes, we don't know what no, we don't we know. Don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's why I don't, there are some things like, I'll just toss one of them out there. I don't know where I land as far as the flood narrative goes. I don't because there, because in that exact book, in that exact part of scripture, you find poetic language that's used to what we would call exaggeration in today's, in, in today's vernacular that there are but i'm also not hanging my hat or gonna fight with somebody else who thinks that it's exact it happened exactly as it said exact to a t all of that kind of stuff i don't know i just don't i simply don't know and that's something that that's that's okay to admit that there are some things that you are not resolute on i want to i want to wrap up here by quoting the great philosopher Rocky Balboa. <laughs> the great philosopher. We're, we're on the same friggin' team, guys. That's, that's what it comes down to. Home and team. when Exactly. We are so, you know, we, we want to, the world says divide. The world says conflict. The world says cannibalize. Okay, here's the gimmick, guys. You will see it is gospel, it is doctrine, it is sound that Christianity will always be at odds with what the world says. It will always be at odds with what the world says is best, what the world says to do. That's just the truth of it. We need to stop fighting with each other and making it worse. Yes, God can act and do and and do miraculous things and all of that kind of stuff. We are called into holy responsibility to do our part. And when we aren't doing our part, that does bear an impact. It's not like it's not like we're not you know, it's not like our hands are clean of any responsibility. You know what I mean? And and especially for those of us that are leaders, for the people for those of us that have been called into leadership if we are teaching the people that we have been called responsible for to cannibalize one another, to conflict with one another, to only believe in our mode of doing this, then we need to check ourselves because like you said, that's self-righteousness. That's ego. That's not, that's not gospel. Yeah. I, as you were talking, I went and I flipped to this first Corinthians chapter 15 verses one through four, uh, one through three. He says, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, 
which also you received and in which you stand by which you also are saved if you hold fast that word which i preached to you unless you believed in vain for i delivered to you first of all that which i received that christ died for our sins according to the scripture and was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures that's our message jesus lived died for our sins and rose again he's not now seated at the right hand of the majesty on high preparing to bring his kingdom his fullness of his kingdom we get a portion of the kingdom through the holy spirit right but the kingdom is yet to come right and so our goal is this is what you need to know and the holy spirit will do the rest of the work when we get tripped up over these other things like you said those doubtful things those things that are argumentative those things that you know like you said you know do we do do, do you baptize a baby or not right i don't know if you want to baptize them if you don't don't <laughs> you know you know i i there's nothing clear in the bible that says that this has to be done or that baby will not be saved no i believe that there are certain things that are clear and those are the things that we should unify around the things that are unclear i don't think we should be jumping on a bandwagon and saying i'm gonna hang my hat on this right. <laughs> you know no i'm not gonna hang my hat on. i'm gonna hang my hat on the gospel that jesus died he rose again and he is lord there it is there it is well thank you guys for for joining us um we hope that this is something that that blesses you or not trying to levy condemnation towards any group of people or any person any way of thinking just understanding pointing to god that like this is the we are we are given the blueprint of how to do this and it's in love it's under unity and out of our own way. And so if this is something that has pulled on your heartstrings, pray about that. Dig into that because there's, there's likely a very evident reason if you look for it as to why that, that tugging is happening. So you want to go ahead and pray us out? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity um, to share your word on air, to interact with um, Christians and non-Christians alike. God, we are here to be a light in the midst of darkness. We are here to um, let your love shine through. And yes, we do it with passion. Yes, we do it with fervor. And there's such a zeal about it because we, we are so determined for everyone to know who you are and what who you really are not what people have made you out to be but that they know you for real and so god i just pray that the hearts and minds um uh that receive today would be good ground and that the seeds planted would then be watered and that you oh god would give the increase and so god we thank you and uh, we praise you for this opportunity in jesus name amen and amen